Hi there, and welcome to Grab Your Light, the podcast, a podcast for young women of color who are trying to navigate a breakup, divorce, or co-parenting relationship with wisdom and grace, and all while maintaining their mental and emotional well-being. I'm Lauren, your host, and while I'm no expert, I've been through it, and now I'm here to walk you through it. So let's get to it. Of course, first and foremost, I want to thank you for tuning in. If you are a first time listener, welcome, welcome, welcome to my tiny section of the podcast universe. If you are a return listener, then welcome back. Thank you for your loyalty. Um, As you probably have noticed by now, if you're a returning listener and if you're a new listener, please note, I tend to have sort of a theme or topic for the month. So this month, my topic is children. If you do not have children but are going through a breakup, separation, or divorce, I am so sorry if this feels boring, uh, but it is very, very necessary So you can share it with a friend who maybe needs it. You can listen to it for just the storytelling aspect, or you can skip it altogether because next month we will not be talking about children. But this month we are. So I wanted to kick it off with this episode about sort of breaking the news to your child that you are going through a breakup, separation, or divorce. So as you will likely remember... If you've listened before, if you have not, then you will learn that my daughter was two years old when my marriage ended. So she was very, very young, right? So this will be unique to speaking to a toddler, but I do have some tips at the end that I've gotten from parents of older children that I've gotten from some of my educator friends and they will apply to children of all ages. So for me, my daughter sort of required me to give this explanation of what was happening fairly early on because she was so young, she didn't realize anything was off. She didn't realize anything was building to this moment the way maybe an older child might have perceived So she would ask me, where's daddy? The first time she asked, it was just a few hours after my ex told me he was leaving, after he had packed his bag and kissed her goodbye. At the moment, my friends and my mom were in my home, in my living room. They were comforting me and I was trying but failing to hide everything from my daughter. You know, I would turn away when I felt like crying. I'd try to calm myself by taking deep breaths or I'd just try to hold it in. And it seemed that right as I'd start to catch my breath and sort of tackle the moment, she would just nonchalantly ask, where's daddy? And I would just start crying all over again. I mean, how was I supposed to explain to my sweet, innocent baby girl that our lives had just drastically changed. You know, I lost a husband, a life partner, someone with whom I thought I would share in 
life's experiences and love for the next several decades, you know, and she had had her dynamic with her father potentially drastically change, you know, and we know that fathers for daughters are the men who are supposed to show them how they're supposed to uh, be loved and treated and honored. And they're supposed to set the tone for all the other male relationships in their lives. They're supposed to protect and shield her from pain and suffering. And so not that he had died or anything, but the dynamic had changed for sure. And in that moment, I did not know how that would impact their relationship. So how was I even to begin explaining this to a two-year-old? And while I am going through all the emotions that I was experiencing. And then like to make matters worse, right? We live in a world where the news is constantly filled with experts and reports and data that insist that divorce and single parent homes are single handedly ruining children all over. It is just running rampant, right? Then you have social media that's filled with the younger generations who are apparently the ones that the news says divorce is ruining. They're over here just self-diagnosing the cause of all of their problems to be their divorced or never married parents. That's not enough. Then you have the older generations acting like your newfound family um, identity is some new strain of leprosy, right? Right. And then, because none of that is enough, you have television and movies filled with wildly happy two-parent families in luxurious suburban homes living the ultimate American dream, right? So there's that. There's all those impressions and opinions combined with good old-fashioned, always dependable mommy guilt. And that makes the idea of explaining to our children the new dynamics in the family incredibly anxiety-inducing. So I'm going to tell you, because it's my podcast, (laughs) how I handled it. The only thing saving me and making it an easier task, again, was that my daughter was so young. I didn't really need to give her much of an explanation because she likely wouldn't have been able to understand it anyway. When she first started asking, I would just respond, oh, daddy's at granny's house. This worked for a few days. I would say it confidently and, you know, without any extras. So she would be more likely to accept it without any question. And she would. She would go back to whatever she was doing, very matter-of-factly, like, oh, okay, cool. But at some point a few days later, it no longer made sense for her that he was still at Granny's house because it's not like he had a history or tendency of being away from her for long periods of time. So she'd start to ask more often, sometimes, and I'm probably exaggerating, but in that terrible emotional space, it felt like she was asking like every hour. She was asking very regularly and she'd follow it up with the, well, when will daddy be home? I continued to respond that he was at his mom's house or 
at a friend's house. Why did I respond like that? Well, because y'all, I didn't know where he was. I didn't know and I can't give an answer that I don't have. I was asking myself the same question. Where is this man? And then she's over here like, yeah, mama, where is this man? I can't tell her, girl, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> so I just kept trying to giving her this little, I won't say lie because he did start out at his mother's house. So I just kind of kept perpetuating that. I didn't feel the need to go into further detail. But as the days went by and she continued to ask, I began to tell her, well, you know, I'm not sure when he will be home. But because that tells her nothing, that lends her no confidence or safety, she kept asking. So one day, after enduring the pain of having to answer that question so regularly, I realized that she needed a more concrete answer from me. She needed a bit more security, certainty, uh, knowledge. She could tell that my answers were shifty and she needed more. She was demanding more. So one day we were in the kitchen and she asked. I stopped what I was doing. I kneeled down so that I was eye level to her. I held her adorable little face in my hands I looked her directly in her eyes and I said, with all the false confidence I could muster, daddy is not coming back to this home. It is just me and you. She blinked with her eyes focused right on mine and she responded, okay. And I don't think she has ever asked those two questions again, because I don't recall having to ever answer them. That seemed to be sufficient. Um, as she got older, she wouldn't ask, but she would come up for her own explanation of why that is. Again, because she was so young, I was kind of spared and having to give much more than that. I certainly sympathize with those who have older children. So in light of that, I spoke with other women and men who have been divorced and I asked about their experiences and they all unanimously agreed that you absolutely must tell your children. Nothing is worse than keeping them in the dark, having them guess, because we all know, well, maybe you don't, but I've been in therapy for a long time. And so I have been informed that our minds will create a narrative of how a situation has occurred and the role we have played in that situation, especially when there's no one to give us that information. Our brain's just going to fill it in in a way that makes sense to us. And all we need is a seven-year-old feeling in why her mother or father is no longer present, right? So you absolutely must talk to your child about your breakup, separation, or divorce. Um, of the people I spoke to, they each told their children in different ways, in different settings, using different words, and at different times, but they all did it. And so after talking with all of them, I have a couple tips for you. The first one is tell your child or children together. Now, this is kind of one of those tips that is perfect for if you live in a perfect world. <laughs> Most of us are not sitting down to tell our children together. I mean, again, in theory, in this perfect dreamland, you probably wouldn't be getting divorced. 
But in this perfect dreamland where divorces happen, it would of course be the best scenario, like in the movies, where you sit down on the couch, you hold their hands in yours, you explain that you are separating but still love each other, still love them, nothing will change, everything will be roses. That is a great, great, great strategy and tip. If it is feasible for you, go for it. If it is not, do not uh, beat yourself up about it. Most of us don't get to do that. What I would take away from this tip though is do not try to beat the other person to the punch out of spite in telling your child. You know, like don't try to, oh, well, I'm gonna make sure that I tell my child first so I can tell them that he left us. You know, I, I would just never, kind of the whole point to this podcast to any of my speaking about divorce is that we never want to come from a place of hostility, from a place of spite, from a place of malice. So if you're racing to tell your child simply so you can have the upper hand on your ex-significant other, I would just encourage you to think twice about that. If you're telling your child first because you're the one that they'll ask first, you're the one that has that relationship with them, they live with you, by all means, go for it. That's what I did. Right. And we know here I'm not about hypocrisy. So I'm all about telling you what worked for me and co-signing if you want to do the same. Okay. Tip number two, be vague or general. You know, children, no matter what age they are, don't need the nitty gritty. Right. They don't need the detailed reasons for the breakup. They don't need to be involved in adult matters. Um, You know, you don't want to do any finger pointing, any blaming. You don't want to influence how they're going to view the other person or you, you know. So you want to just give them sort of a very general sort of factual situation. Your father and I are not together anymore, you know, something just that simple. They now know what's going on. They don't really need to know too much else, at least not all at once. Um, And then maybe as time progresses, you can fill in the details a little bit more. But even then, I would just, you know, gauge it on your child and your relationship with your child. If you know that them not having details is going to be detrimental, perhaps they'll assume they're the reason they might spiral. Then give them all the detail you feel is appropriate. But from the people I have spoken with, from my own experiences, being a bit general tends to be better. Tip number three, let your child or children know what to expect. I think that for them, they're like, okay, y'all broke up, but what does that mean for me? And so I think that letting them know what they can expect from you know, how often they'll see them from living arrangements to travel arrangements to school arrangements, you know, being able to tell them how it will directly impact their life and their relationship with you and the other person, I think will bring them a great sense of comfort. Like for Ava, she was young, so I didn't need to do too much of that. But I did tell her, you cannot expect to find your dad in this home anymore. Right. And so now she didn't need to ask me every single hour. When was he coming back? 
And where was he? She understood he was not coming back to this residence. This is now where you and I live. And so I think that, you know, if they know, oh, he's not going to live with us. He's going to live down the street or, oh, you know, we've broken up and he's still going to be the person taking you to soccer, soccer practice. Things like that, I think, give them a sense of like, oh, okay, so something's changed, but not everything's changed or everything is changing, but this is how. You know, information is always helpful. Not all the information, but enough of the information. Tip number four, allow them space to process and question. I did not have to experience this because my child was so young, but I have spoken to people who have had older children, teenage children, and a lot of times when they're immediately told the news, there's not much of a reaction. And then they'll find days, weeks, months later, there's questions or there's acting out or there's big emotions. So allow them the space to process what they've heard, to see and figure out how they feel, and then to ask you any of their questions, right? You want to create a safe space for all of that to happen. And then tip number five, use language they can understand. This was one that was big for me because my child was so young. She was two. I couldn't tell her, oh, well, I think we're going to get divorced. She would have no idea what that word meant. So that's why I simply told her. And it sounds harsh because I had to lay it so clear and um, sort of minimized and broken down for her. But I had to just tell her he's not coming back. That's it. That, that was all her little two-year-old self could really grasp. So use language that you tend to regularly use with your child. Use language that you know they can understand and that communicates enough of what's happening to them. Whew. So I know it is a hard task no matter how we do it, when we do it, or to what age group we're doing it. But ultimately, it is something that has to be done. And it's something that we want to do in such a way that it eases their pain or their uncertainty or their anxiety. I have complete faith that you can do this, have done this, or will do this in a way that works for you and for them. And if you have, of course, any questions or you just want to chat or commiserate, please feel free to send me a message on Instagram. I would love to talk with you about it. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Grab Your Light, the podcast. If you enjoyed it, please tell a friend and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram so we can become friends. The link is in the little description. I hope that you have a wonderful day, week, and month. And as it is March, happy Women's History Month to all of my wonderful women listeners. Talk to you next time. Bye.